I'm Tegan. And I'm Becca. And we are on a journey to create our perfect perfect podcast. podcast. And by that we mean we're going to be genre hopping across every type of podcast that we have listened to or just heard of. So get ready for ASMR, celebrity gossip, biology lessons, advice, bad movie reviews, role playing, and much, much more. So buckle in, sit tight, and get ready to go on an audio journey with us as we learn about phobias. Why are we talking about phobias today? I have a phobia. I wouldn't necessarily classify it as a phobia, and I'll tell you why. But everybody around me thinks that I have I have a fear of mushrooms, a phobia of mushrooms, in yeah. fact, because they make me nervous when I see them, and I hate them, and they make me uncomfortable. I would like to point out that that is, in fact, the definition of a phobia. Oh, got it in one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's that different from a fear? That is exactly what I have prepared. I did some research into the psychology of phobias and fears. Quick shout out to a fantastic podcast, Wine and Crime. Um, They always do a little bit of psychology before they dive into like a specific type of crime. Do they talk about a different crime every episode? They talk about like four different crimes. So it'll be like, Oh. oh, let's talk about, I don't know, cosmetic surgery. And then they have four crimes related to the topic of cosmetic I didn't surgery know that. it's super cool and it's really fast it's a good listen if you like and, true crime and do they listen to do they listen to wine do they drink wine they do and they have a wine pairing with each podcast which each, each episode that's like really it's, cute it's adorable if only we drank we don't i mean i drank a dr pepper today with some vanilla in it within fears and phobias humans are only born with two innate fears Okay, and it's evolutionary, probably? Well, that's where it gets tricky. We're only born with two fears, but other fears can be learned, even though they are evolutionarily advantageous. It's not easy to train someone to be scared of, say, a bunny rabbit, but it is rather easy to train someone to be scared of a poisonous spider. Okay, that makes sense. Not poison. Oh, I'm going to lose my Venomous? Yeah, venomous spider. Because it bites you. Exactly. That's, ooh, poison, you bite it, you die. Venom, it bite you, you die. I learned that from the Tumblr post. She learned that from college. And that is who And that are. is why it is important to throw all your money into a college education. Yeah. Um, so the two innate fears that we're born with are the fear of falling and the fear of loud sounds. Okay, and there's there's no evidence that it's these were evolutionarily well, involved because like they all- are. It's just not it's not all evolutionary like advantageous things lead to fear. Only these two things are innate. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, like everybody has these. Yeah, everyone. Other fears are learned, and so the examples I found, lots of like snakes and spiders, which as someone who loves snakes and has a pet snake, and who loves spiders and wants to study them, I I take offense to this. Okay. (laughs) Not really. Um, Are spiders... Do spiders bite? Yeah, they can. Not all of them, though. Do they have teeth? (laughs) They have fangs. Or chelicerae, if you want to be. I don't want to be. Okay. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it's really cool. I'll show you more spider pictures later. (laughs) So our parents and culture are basically like the driving force as to what like makes us scared. Mm -hmm. So I found this interesting. In 2005, a Gallup poll in the U.S. did a sample of about a thousand adolescents from 13 to 17. 
and they were asked what they feared the most um, as like a free response question. The American adolescents reported perceiving their top 10 fears as follows. Ready for this? Oh, I think I, in my AP psychology class, I think we went over this. Terrorist attacks. Uh-huh. Spiders. Mm. Death. Yep. Failure. Uh. War. Uh. Criminal or gang violence. Being alone. <sighs> the future. And nuclear war. Spiders doesn't fit. No. I vote we remove spiders. I vote we remove terrorist attacks. But I'm saying, like... Because, like, and kind of gang... Maybe not gang violence, but with terrorist attacks, like, the... You would think that yeah, the percentage of people who have a fear is, like... Equivalent. Should be related, like, positively related to, like, how likely it is that you'll be well, in those situations. Then we should also remove nuclear war. Yes. Yeah. But that's not how humans work. Yeah. That's, we are not mathematical. Beings. We could get into a whole conversation about how, like, perceived danger, like how people were, some people were more scared of Ebola than they are of the current pandemic, just because Ebola seems scarier. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Humans are whack. We're, yeah, because things can become normalized. Exactly. So fear is classified as, like, an adaptive trait because it helps us handle scary situations kind of manage our fight-or-flight response in the amygdala yeah. of the brain, right? Phobias, on the other hand, are maladaptive. Okay. So phobias lead to impairment in the face of a stressor. So, like, fear versus phobia. I found a lot of different, like, kind of intense clinical definitions of the difference. Mm-hmm. But I found a handy-dandy chart to, like, I don't know, kind of break it down. Fears are usually an instinct, but phobias are usually learned. Fear is usually universal, whereas a phobia only affects 8 to 18% of the American population. Um, Fear doesn't cause, like, a persistent anxiety, but phobias can cause people to completely change their life in order to be away from that stressor. To avoid it, yeah. Which is a problem because the most common phobia is probably agoraphobia. Oh, I've heard of that one. Fear of open spaces or yeah. involved, and, like, and like, public... And that's, I mean, it would be super debilitating, obviously. Um, there's also, so innate fear. We kind of talked about the two that we have with heights and loud noises. But the reason why we know, like, the difference between is because it's easy, like I said, it's easier to teach someone to be scared of certain things like animals, heights, rather than, like, flowers or clouds. But we have taught someone to feel fear, kind of initiated a phobia into a person. So this Wait, was... Wait, that was... A, it's an that experiment. Was an experiment. It's called the Little Albert Experiment. It was in 1920. Those were wacky back before we had any rules oh, about this like, is, testing things on humans. This is super bad. And there's a lot of questions as to, obviously, it's ethics, but also like if it could be reproduced. And the answer seems to be... It doesn't matter. We're not going to do it. So stop asking. Um, <laughs> but the there's this little boy called Albert. And he was about 11 months old. He was conditioned to fear a white rat in the laboratory. First, Albert and the rat hung out. They were friends. Okay. Um, they just chilled. And the researcher noted that they were not nervous around each other. And then every time Albert would touch the rat, they would hit a loud gong. So they're, yeah, so they're taking that thing that you're born with, the fear of loud noises, and applying it 
to classically condition this kid to be scared of this yeah. rat. So eventually, you know, pretty quickly, he becomes hesitant to touch or interact with the rat and is scared when it gets near him. Okay. And then he starts showing fear towards other white fluffy things. AP Psychology. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, like cotton balls, a Santa costume. So crazy. It's super crazy. and it. But like it's not... But to make that leap, like, to us it seems crazy now, but if that were the situation you were in where you're constantly, like, bad things are going to happen if you touch it, basically. Yeah, and it also, it's been proven in a, a different study, and I'll put these sources in our notes if anyone's curious. It's been proven that people who develop fear, it doesn't necessarily have to be you experiencing it, but your amygdala will light up in a really similar way if you're watching someone else so yeah and i was i was reading some about that it's called vicarious acquisition yeah and because so, you're living somebody else's experience living vicariously you know when you're watching somebody exactly. else's awful dating life or if you're watching the news and it keeps on talking about terrorist attacks yeah we and gang violence as, and nuclear war i've never experienced any of no. those things perceived risk that was something else. Perceived risk. The higher the perceived risk, the easier it is to learn yeah. a phobia or a fear. Yeah. And it makes it makes total sense that phobias are learned. Just because everything, like, we're con- brains are constantly being bombarded with information. Yeah. And as hard as it we try to sort out and ignore all of, like, these subliminal influences, they affect us. And there's no way they won't. It's the cause of, like... So many different mental disorders, eating disorders, phobias, anxiety, depression. Like, we have all this information, and it seems honestly like the more information we have, the more bad information we have that sticks. The increase of information leads to an increase of fear. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, as well, like, fear, even though fear is, like, good for, like, our survival, learned fears, there's still, you can still learn a fear. You can learn a phobia, you can learn a fear. The difference is a phobia affects you day to day. A mm-hmm. learned fear is like your mom tells you to be scared of spiders, so you are. Yeah. Or like I, my grandma really, really, really hates pit bulls, and it took me a long time to get over it. Yeah. Because as a kid, I was told that they were scary. Yeah. And so I had a fear because I could walk away from the pit bull and not be Yeah. Panicked. One that has kind of affected me also, which it's kind of weird, but trampolines. Oh, yeah. I get like, you. My older sister severely sprained her ankle on a tramp in a trampoline accident one time. <laughs> trampoline accident. The number one the killer. The notorious trampoline accident. So... I'm surprised more people aren't terrified of trampolines, honestly, I... with the amount of accidents that go on on those death machines. I cannot. Contraptions. I cannot believe that Kinder Eggs weren't allowed, but trampolines are totally true. Kind of, honestly. No, so, like, I still can't go on, because I remember, like... All of these birthday parties that would take place at Lowe's Air Sports or Hang Time, which are just trampoline parks. That is the most Utah thing you've ever said. Is that a fact? Yeah. Okay. Well, point is, <laughs> I, did, I didn't have that much fun of those because I just, no. like, was terrified of trampolines. Still kind of am. I can... I, I don't have much occasion to go on them now that I'm in college. Yeah. But I think I would... If, if we want to broach the topic of treatment for phobias, I might expose myself. Yeah. <laughs> to a trampoline. <laughs> Give him the next opportunity. (laughs) Give him the next opportunity. Becca will flash a trampoline. (laughs) That's how we face our fears. So I, I, to like lead into what you're going to talk about, 
I wanted, to, so I don't have a phobia. You, but you really don't think you have any phobias? No. Nice. I don't have anything that affects my day-to-day life in such a way that I, like, I have anxiety generalized. Yeah. But it's just, like, driving, sometimes I'm nervous, but sometimes well, mushrooms don't affect my day-to-day life, nor do trampolines. Do you ever avoid, like, areas or, like, hiking because there might be mushrooms? We don't. I mean, maybe. I don't like the idea of seeing a mushroom on a hike. A wild mushroom. See, and that's... Because like, it's... They, they're... But they're... They're omnipresent. They're every... They can grow anywhere. Did you guys... Why are you guys not more afraid of them? <laughs> mushrooms are taking over the world. It's... <laughs> acre by acre. Uh-huh. Anyway. I think you have, like, a mild phobia of mushrooms. I think I do, too. But... Like, I'm not gonna... I'm, I'm not going to go out of my way if I see a mushroom to, like, get out of its path of attack, <laughs> of approach... These, but I, but my heartbeat might race a little, and I get, I'll get a brain zap, and it's like, oh, wait, your heart races when you see a mushroom. If it's a really gross mushroom, did you not like it when I sent you those pictures of mushrooms? I thought it was, I didn't like them. I wasn't like offended that you did. <laughs> okay, well, it wasn't. But me. like, if they're, aren't they just? I don't think I'm the only one because I have seen viral posts of mushrooms that are growing in the wild. And people are like, wow, why did that make me so uncomfortable? See, it's just a fungus. Fungus. Maybe I have a fear of funguses. Fungi? Fungi. It's definitely fungi. It's really funny to me. I'm sorry. It's okay. Mild phobia of mushrooms. That's just a wacky fact about me. Probably shouldn't have broached it in the second episode if we want any more listeners. I know. Now we're giving away the big guns. No. Okay, so my thing is I have, what's it, misophonia? (laughs) <laughs> which is a watered-down version of phonophobia, which is fear of sounds, which is a thing. People who are just scared of All noises. Like, loud, usually louder noises, but, like, people who just hate just sound. Noise. Yeah. yeah. I, Super interesting. I actually had a friend when I was little who I'm pretty sure got medicated for that. Yeah. For, like, it was kind of a form of OCD. Um, That's actually what they... So I read an article that was saying misophonia, it's basically, like... The problem with it is the repetitiveness. Yeah. So I'm personally bothered by, like, chewing noises, but I also really don't like repetitive movements. Okay. Like, if you, I don't know, just, like, tapped your, like, made a little mouth with your hand. <laughs> like, the more you do it, like, the more uncomfortable it makes me. And it's, like, the article I was reading was saying, basically, my brain can't filter out the repetitiveness. Yeah. And or so like it, a clock ticking. Does that bother oh. you? <laughs> so each instance, usually it's like a dog seeing a stranger. If they see the stranger and they say, oh, it's not a problem. Like that, that's not a threat. They can go yeah. back to sleep. The problem with my brain is I see a stranger. I hear a noise. And every time the noise happens again or the stranger takes a step. It's just as threatening every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why... It's not like a normal brain that can filter out noise after a while. Or like a smell or something. Yeah, which I can with smells. Yeah, it just, it it never becomes background noise to you. Yeah, and I'm... That's interesting. I'm a, what's it, like high functioning... They call this gifted and talented education. Yeah. Looking back, I'm pretty sure it was just like, y'all are smart, but you need help. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um. I was offered, I was offered that position. (laughs) 
I said no. You said no? Yeah. It was fun, though. We gotta go was to, it? We had more field trips. I wanted to stay with my less gifted friends. I didn't have any less gifted friends. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about either of us that we it's, say these things? <laughs> well, see, the problem was in my school, it was like, my my class, for whatever reason, like 90% of us ended up being in the gifted program. Huh. We're like, it was apparently super weird. Yeah. And our kindergarten teacher was exhausted <laughs> because we were high energy. You don't say. And constantly at each other's throats. Uh-huh. If we were in my third grade class, if we were like acting up, we would count beans. Our teacher would give us a little jar of beans and we had to wow. count them. And it would calm us down. And to this day, if I'm like having a panic attack, I can like just start counting things. And it like slows me down. Huh. Yeah. Do you try it? It's a better coping mechanism than drugs. Or punching or screaming or hitting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Counting beans. Pro tip from Tian's kindergarten teacher. Count some beans. What kind of beans? Um, usually they were those dried ones that you'd use in like math lessons. Pinto. Pinto beans? Mm-hmm. Have what? you ever sucked on a dry pinto bean? <laughs> Ask the question again. Have you ever sucked on a dry pinto bean? No. Resounding no. Really? I don't think so. Maybe a kidney bean. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think I've sucked on dry beans because I knew that it wouldn't taste good. But like, I knew it wouldn't be. If pleasant. you got them in class, like in a little cup for like a math exercise, you didn't just pop one in. No, I think I think I had a a brain that was like that. That looks like it would taste bad, so I'm not gonna see all the sensory stuff aside. I was also the child who they were like, "Hey, do you think we could drink the watercolor water?" And I read the back of the paint, and it was like non toxic, washable, and I was like, "Sure." So I drank it, and everyone was like, "Man, Tegan's crazy. She'll do anything." And I was like. <laughs> Guys, it's... See, and I would be like, I know that it's not going to do anything to me, but I'm also not going to warrant it with a reaction. I'm not going to warrant, like... I just need... Like, it. it's so nothing that I'm not going to even try. I just need attention or else I'll die. Oh. Oh, I thought of something that I'm scared of. Uh. A, a phobia that affects my daily life. Okay. Belly buttons. <gasps> I saw that in an article! Wait, I already... I, I will pull up what it's called. You really hate belly buttons. I hate belly buttons so Tripophobia much. Trypophobia is also pretty common. That affects people's... Trypophobia, I think it's common in like a mild, uncomfort, uncomfortable yeah. sort of way. But people Probably. don't go out of their way to avoid like cups. Or like bee- like beehives. I know a lot of people who aren't bothered by honeycomb, but are bothered by like lotus seeds. Yeah. Okay. Omphalophobia. Fear of the navel. I don't like belly buttons. And there's just, there's a picture of a, an attractive woman's midriff. I just don't want to see it. And it has a belly button, and it's an Emmy. It's nothing offensive. Emmys are more offensive. What? Emmys are more offensive. Why? Because, because there's little, how do you have more tissue between the outside and your inside? So you just don't like how close to the, to your insides it is. Have you ever? What about uh, like your mouth, or your nose, or your ears, or any hole in your body? Your eyes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am a flesh tube. <laughs> okay. So my nose, my eyes, my mouth, all of that covered. It's okay. fine. It's part of my outside. Yeah. You know how your digestive tract is also your outside? Yeah. Yeah. If you poke through my belly button, you have breached the flesh tube. And your guts will fall out. 
there's like a bunch of it's like just a trope in movies and books and just every story where it's like courage isn't the lack of fear it's choosing to do something you're afraid of because there are more like there's more important stuff well it's like that quote where it's like the what was it the brave the brave are ready to fight but the smart left a long time ago how is it like that where it's like You're just saying another quote. <laughs> I think I just... I don't know what that has to do with phobias. <laughs> well, me. This is fun. No judgment. I, it's a cute, it's a good quote. I think war is also dumb. Um, I also think war is dumb. I do not understand why my brain thought that that was such vital information. <laughs> if you're afraid of something, don't avoid it. Number one. If you are afraid of something, do confront it. Number two. Unless it's bears. If you, Yes, that's true. Unless it's actually dangerous. But even then, if you're, like, so afraid of bears that you don't go outside, because what if there's a bear? <laughs> then, like, a good exposure would be going to a zoo that has a bear. Do you want me to tell you about the fungus that infects the ants? This is an educational podcast this episode, so go for it. Okay, so. Carpenter ant. Okay. Close your eyes. Oof. You're a carpenter ant. I'm closing my eyes. It's nice. Uh-huh. What's it like to be an ant? Um, I'm really, really strong. Yeah, it's like, true. S- like, I can carry, like, ten times my body weight. You're also, fun fact, sister. Kind of a clone, but your sister's with all your other ants. That's pretty cool. So you and all your aunt sisters are hanging out, being As sisters gals. sisters in Ant Hill, we <laughs> all worked. That'll only work for Mormons, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so, when this fungus infects you. How would it infect me? Um, how would I go, like, do I have to ingest it? A <gasps> single cell that floats around the ant's bloodstream. Because <gasps> they're single-celled organisms. A fungus? Are they not? No. Dang it. What are- They can start as a single cell. Amoebas? Amoebas are single cells. Yeah. They start with amoebas? What are no, fungi- No, amoeba <laughs> something else. Fung- I'm just saying, a fungus can start as a single cell. Okay. Like a plant. Okay. A colony, if you would. Okay. So, you're a carpenter ant. Uh-huh. Your eyes are open and they need to be closed. So sorry. <laughs> so, a single cell of a fungus is in your bloodstream. Because it came through also, your spirit. Spores! Are spores not gross and terrifying? Well, there's a lot of them. Like toxic spores? Most of them aren't toxic- but bring- some are. Okay. Mm. And mushrooms are the source of spores. Not, no. Of some spores? No. What? Plants. Mushrooms don't have spores? Mushrooms do have spores. And they don't spread them? So do lichen. Yeah. So do algae. So do other plants. Okay, but I associate it with mushrooms. Fair. Okay. Continue. Okay, so you're an ant. Uh-huh. And the fungus is in your bloodstream because it came through your spiracle, which is how ants breathe through holes on the sides of their body. Oh, I'm already... For gas exchange. Feeling bad. So it starts multiplying inside of you. How? Well, okay, so do you know how cells... Oh, like mitosis? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so it's multiplying inside of you. And at some point, the cells start working together. They connect to each other by building short tubes, and they start communicating and exchanging nutrients among themselves. Okay. Okay? So then, 
they start invading the ants' muscles. Your muscles. Um, they start growing into the spaces between them, and then it just kind of makes it so the ant has less control, and so they're calling them basically zombie ant fungus is what it's called. So you're basically turning into a zombie ant. There's nothing scarier than your agency being taken away. And so this fungus, the colony, is targeting the ant. So an individual ant is being infested essentially by a colony of fungus. Disgusting. How do you feel about foot fungus? I don't like it. So then the fungus continues to grow and they're communi- they start commandering your brain. Commandeering. commandeering your brain. They do that without ever physically touching the brain itself. And the fungal cells infiltrate the ant's entire body, including its head, leaving the brain completely untouched. Okay. So you're essentially... You're more nine, fungus 95 than fungus. Well, I mean, we're more microbe than human, but... I don't like that idea either. Cell to cell? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool. I'm broken. So then the parasite basically causes you... The parasite, the fungus, causes you to climb a stick or a branch, bite onto the leaf with your jaws really, really hard, and then the fungus grows out of the neck Ah! and releases its spores. It's disgusting! To start the like cycle. Like, the ideas of anew. mushrooms growing out of, like, a person? That's- Is that not... Horrific. That's the whole point of what's the zombie video game? The Last of Us? Have I told you about this? I know what it is. I don't like I know what The Last of Us is. I didn't realize it involved mushrooms. No, that's the whole thing is it's a fungus cause. And that's like the I feel the same like warts. I hate them. I we hate them. Fun fact about warts. Disgusting. Science like doesn't know. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's like it feels I don't know how much we actually know about mushrooms, but to me they feel like an enigma. A bad one. Like, a terrifying one. We know a good amount about them. Just, also, I'm, I might say, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I'm showing her pictures of the zombies from The Last of Us. It's disgusting. There's these ones called clickers. And so they have this, like, plate of fungus on their head. Like, like a, like a shelf fungus on, like, Like trees. Like a carapace, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they, um, they, they can't see because their eyes have been destroyed by the fungus. I feel like I'm gonna have nightmares. But they start echo, like they use echolocation to find you. So they click. I don't, that's scary. It's, okay, The Last of Us is very scary. Speaking of phobias, I'm terrified of zombies. Hey, this is fun. This is a therapy session. This is how my zombies and your fungus. They collide. They collide. In a new and exciting way. And we're going to have to watch a lot of Dance Moms to stop being scared. That's 100% accurate. (laughs) Like, I am, like, Mushrooms in my brain. And it's, okay, mushrooms, it sounds like a stupid word. And when a lot of people think mushrooms, they think it's just, like, the cute little red with, like, polka-dotted toadstools. And it's, like, I don't have issues with those. They're, like, whatever. It's it's the sinister mushrooms I have issues with. <laughs> <laughs> what about, like, shelf mushrooms? What's a shelf mushroom? Like, on trees and stuff? I still don't love that because, like, mushrooms can grow anywhere. These ones, aren't they pretty? And kind of icky. And there's so many of them. Like, also, like, huge groups of things. 
like when like one roly poly is cute, but you like pick like you pick up a rock and underneath are like a thousand roly polies. It's disgusting. Okay, it, my it's gross. I don't like the idea that those roly polies, if there were enough of them, could overpower me. And I feel the same about mushrooms. So my coworker, shout out to Amanda. She does this thing called isopod hands. Okay. Where so we keep a bunch of ice pods, roly polies. Yeah. In containers, and we feed them, and there's a lot of them. Uh huh. And sometimes when she's feeling stressed, she will open the container, to say isopod hands, <laughs> and then stick her hands in and let them like crawl between her fingers. Like people do with like rice or like beans and stuff, mm-hmm, but with little isopods. That disgusts me. No, it's they're so cute. There's so many of them. Yeah, and they're all eaten. Ugh. Eating their sweet potato. What if they eat you? They can't. But they might. No. <laughs> but they could. No, they can't. If we lived in uh, an alternate universe, they might. If this were Becca's dreams, they would. In your dreams, ice pods eat people? Well, now they will. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's what a phobia is. Is you having this deep experience. Yeah. And turning to me and me... My brain is just like, what? And I'm just like, I just don't like them. Yeah. I, they're just... And that's okay. Yeah. And this is why, as someone who does... I do love spiders and snakes and bugs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I I, think this... A good way... A good time to plug, like... Don't force things on other people. I have a good friend who... Her husband is terrified of spiders, mm-hmm. and when they come over, I make sure I don't have anything spider-related out, just in case. Yeah. Because it's not worth it. Yeah. And like, that's his, that's his deal. Like, I send you mushroom pictures because I know it's not going to ruin your whole day. Absolutely not. I find it funny. But, like, I would never send you, like, a video of a mushroom. Ex- like, I'm not... Exploding in yeah. somebody's face, and they get cancer, and Ex- they die because there's mushrooms spreading out of their ears and eyes. Would never do that. Thank you. See, and that's you what know, friendship is. This is this is what the Tegan and Becca Perfect Podcast stands for, and that's don't be mean. Yeah, like just be chill. Yeah. Well, okay. To close us out, do you have any celebrity drama for this week? Uh, celebrity drama. Well, update to last week: Neil Gaiman is not getting divorced, and he blamed the public for reading too much into the very public drama that he engaged in. Hey, Neil. Yes. This is a message from me to you. Maybe don't post on Goodreads. No doubt. <laughs> it's so petty. Um, let me think about anything. I mean, celebrity drama has been a little a little slow during the quarantine thing. A little lackluster. What's your favorite celebrity drama? Of all time? <laughs> I'm sorry. What's one of them? You have many, you will have hypothetically many episodes. That's true. One of my favorite celebrity dramas, hey, buckle in. It's the 90s. I don't remember what year, but Gwyneth Paltrow was dating, I think it was Gwyneth Paltrow and Matt Damon, and it was Winona Ryder and Ben Affleck. We are together, and they were all friends, because they're all beautiful, young, successful people. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, I'm pretty sure, have already gotten their Oscar for screenwriting for Goodwill Hunting, and they're just popular. And Winona Ryder got a script for a little movie called Shakespeare in Love, okay. and she was reading for it, and the producers the producers wanted her for it and the rumor has it that one time while Gwyneth Paltrow was over at her house the script was sitting on the coffee table and Gwyneth Paltrow literally stole it contacted Harvey Weinstein the producer herself 
She ended up getting the role. Probably because she slept with him. I don't blame her for not saying it because, it, but that was also the culture of Hollywood. And is the culture? Yeah, to some degree is continuing, though Hollywood is at a total standstill at the moment, yeah. <laughs> as it should be. And it, the culture has at least attention has been brought to it, especially in the past couple of years in the wake of the Me Too movement. But Gwyneth Paltrow stole the script for Shakespeare in Love from an owner writer and got the role from Harvey Weinstein. He campaigned super hard for her for the Oscars and she ended up getting Oscar for Best Actress. Wow. Because she's, yes. I don't think that they're friends anymore. Her friends. Because she stole a script from a supposed friend. And in the wake of all this, I'm pretty sure it was like, it was known that Gwyneth Paltrow was in the wrong. And there was like this huge feud between Winona and Gwyneth and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were like, they were asked to take sides basically. And they were like, nah, we're, we're bros. We're best friends. And so they both broke up with their respective partners. What? And they're friend, best friends to this day. And Winona and Gwyneth Paltrow no longer talk to each other. Well, I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow's insane. Yes. If anyone who's listening to this supports Goop, stop it. Get some help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. No. I find Gwyneth Paltrow to be... I, I, I just... I'm fascinated by her. I am. I'm part of the problem. Have you ever, Gwyneth Paltrow to me is like, have you ever, you go to take a drink of milk, right? And it looks super good. Yeah. And you take a sip and it just tastes like water, like bad water. Happened to me literally this morning in my cereal. It was like a little sour, not like I thought about still eating all the cereal and then I was like, no, can't do it. Oh, hey, a bad sandwich update. Did you eat another bad bad sandwich this week? I didn't. I ate bad broccoli. No. Why can't, why do you not have one of, like, why can't you tell when a food is not going to be good for your body? I know, like, when I'm eating it, it's probably not going to be good, but, like, I just can't stop myself, Becca. I actually think that's a pretty common issue. I think I've, I've, I've definitely been guilty of it, but, you know, just remember to practice mindful eating. See, and I try. Not too mindful. Don't. As, as in, like, don't count calories. Oh, yeah. But, like, be like, this is am an, I still hungry? This is an anti-diet yes no. podcast. Yeah, diets are not. Lifestyle changes, guys. That's the only thing that works. <laughs> and, like, just, like, if you enjoy the food, you'll be happier. It's true. Period. It's true. Yeah. And there's ways, like, there's... Be chill. Be chill. There's ways to enjoy food and still look the way you want to. But also, looks aren't everything. And if you enjoy food more than you enjoy looking good, then do it. Yeah. Or just maybe don't bend so much to society's expectations of what what good is. What looks good. Yeah. You know what? I'll never be cast for a role, but I look in the mirror and I don't hate myself. Yeah. And that's that's all we can expect. That's progress. Yeah. Progress for Tegan. (laughs) Yay! We'll go a ways further. I'm going after this. Well, right now I'm going to give her ten compliments. Number one, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, she's mortified. I'll give you one compliment. One compliment. I think that your hair looks really good. It looks all swept back oh, and you. enjoyable. It's because I showered. Yeah, the bare minimum. <laughs> the bare minimum is more than lots of people. Do you want a compliment? Do. 
Yeah. <laughs> watch, watch this. Do you want ten compliments? <laughs> Nothing would make me like throw up as immediately. <laughs> so tonight, Becca made us some paschetti, and it was delicious. Uh-huh. And you don't know my, like, you know my kitchen, but not, like, super well, but you made delicious biscotti. Oh, yeah, I did do that. Yeah, and there were no leftovers. Oh, portions. I, I feel like Perfect. I, yeah, yeah, I was I'm really full. afraid because pasta's really difficult, Um, and it said eight servings on the back, and I was like, okay, so I'll do, like, half of that, and then I did about half of it, and then there were perfect. only three of us, but it ended up being perfect. Like, and normally, when there's no leftovers... I'm like, oh, I'm still kind of hungry, but, yeah. like, it's fine. No, I, it was, like, literally the perfect portion. And I've never been able to get perfect portions of anything in my life. No, this is important. That's why we're, we're progress. This whole episode was just so we could brag. We're growing in quarantine. About spaghetti. We are not surviving. We are thriving. I am thriving. I have worn pajama pants for the past 36 hours. <laughs> Yo, hey, I put on pants because you were coming over. Okay. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Pants and pantsless. So, I mean, that's phobias. I think Celebrity Corner should be every time. Yeah? I'm, I super love here. You're invested. The hot gods. Yeah, and this is from decades ago. There's been more since, obviously, but. Yeah, keep us posted. Yeah, for sure. I feel like sometimes people just go, and that's going to do it for us today, so thanks for listening. Yeah. I, I Maybe there's just no, like good standard what if it's always awkward ending a conversation phone calls oh my gosh YouTube videos maybe what we should do is we should end it by just suddenly cutting it off 